Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I say do that. Even if you aren't interested in getting the podcast of Underwood and Finch Underground for a mere three American dollars a month or whatever your national equivalent of that sum is, why not become a patron anyway? You can pledge as little as one dollar a month, which is less than you'd tip a waiter you thought was doing a bally awful job. And for that, you get to help Mr. Bennett carry on writing and podcasting Underwood and Flinch, which is, I'm sure you'll agree, a splendid use of your hard-earned small change every month. What? Just follow the Patreon links at MikeBennettAuthor.com, UnderwoodandFlinch.com, or just Google it. That's what you people do nowadays, isn't it? Thank you. After the Plague Written and performed for podcast by Mike Bennett This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Episode 5 Inside the bar, Terry rechained the doors against the intruders. He'd only just got the padlocks on when they shuddered violently with the impact of Lee throwing himself against them. "'Bastard!' he heard him shout. "'You fucking bastard!' Terry took a step back and looked down at his arms and torso, examining himself in the unearthly green of the night-vision goggles. The shotgun had missed him. He'd felt dust and fragments of the ceiling spray him after Lee had fired, but it had been a close thing, and he hadn't wanted to hang around to give him a second shot. "'Fuck!' he heard on the other side of the door. Then a scream from the fat woman and fast-retreating footfalls as Lee ran away from the door. Terry pressed his ear to the wood and listened. She was screaming about being blinded. "'Well,' That was a result. The third woman's voice was absent. Either she was dead, or she'd managed to escape, though nothing Lee had said had given him the impression that it might be the former. He felt cautiously optimistic for her. When he'd first opened the door to see what was happening in the corridor, he'd seen the one they called Liz holding a gun on her. He'd calculated that if he could take her down quietly, the woman who was prisoner would be able to join him and they could lock themselves away from the others. But it hadn't worked out that way. So, what now? The prisoner wasn't going to be able to get through the front doors. The car park would be thick with zombies. She couldn't get upstairs, and all the rooms on the ground floor were locked, except the kitchens. 
He always left the ground floor kitchen open because that was what most scavengers were looking for. When they found it and realised it had been long since cleaned out, they usually left. Then there was the lower kitchen, but no one went down there. The stench was enough to warn people away. Usually... Camilla entered the upper kitchen cautiously. She had taken Mandy's flashlight, but was reluctant to turn it on for fear of announcing herself to anything that might be around. Moonlight streamed in through the windows, reflecting off the white walls, metal table surfaces and various hanging pots and pans. Everywhere else was in deep shadow. Then, one of the shadows at the end of the room swayed slightly, a man wearing a white T-shirt, torn and black with blood. One of his arms had been taken off at the elbow. He stood with his back to her, a zombie and unaware of her presence. She looked around at the range of possible weapons hanging on steel hooks, mostly short-handled pots and pans, unwieldy and too close range. Then she saw a steel soup ladle with a longer handle. It was lighter longer, and would be faster to swing. She reached for it and saw her thumbs were slick with gore from Mandy's eye sockets. She wiped them on her dress, then carefully took down the ladle. She swung it to test its heft. Not a machete, but it would do. She crossed over to the window. Outside and below, she saw the delivery yard, its high gates locked by a chain and padlock. No doubt her benefactor's doing. But where was he? He must have come down from the upper floors via some route known only to him, and may well have retreated back up there again. If she could find that route too, maybe he'd help her. Hadn't he already tried? But who was he? And was he really a benefactor or just another Lee? She instinctively felt she'd be better off on her own, but even if she could get outside the building, there was no getting through those gates without a bolt cutter, and the spiked fence had to be at least twelve feet high. At that moment, the car alarm finally cut out, and she heard Mandy screaming at Lee not to leave her. Fat chance of that, she thought. But she wasn't the only one to hear the scream. The one-armed zombie turned, and on seeing her, began to move towards her. Camilla drew back the ladle to striking position, braced for a running attack, but the zombie only shuffled forwards. She felt a wave of relief. It was a slow one. His shirt was torn open at the front to reveal where his torso had been partially devoured. A large hole in his abdomen trailed a slippery rope of intestines behind him. She walked briskly over and whacked him across the temple with the ladle. The zombie swayed with the blow, but then righted itself and came on. She struck it again in a downward arc and it dropped to its knees. She repeated the blow again and again until the ladle was bloody and the zombie lay still. She straightened up and looked around, but no more of the shadows were coming at her. Then she heard Lee shout somewhere behind her. She estimated he must be in the reception area. 
He knew there was only one place she could be, and he was coming for her. She hurried to the far side of the kitchen. She found a washroom, but otherwise it was a dead end. Fuck it, she hissed. There had to be another way out of there. It was a kitchen. It had to take deliveries of food, to have access to the outdoor bins, and surely it had to have a fire exit. Then she saw the door she had pointed out to Lee earlier, the one with the stairs that went down to the stinking darkness below. She shone the flashlight at it and saw that above it, unnoticed by anyone earlier, was a fire exit sign. Then she heard the boom of the shotgun from reception, or was it closer? She ran for the door to the lower level and pulled it open. The stench hit her like a fist and she turned her face away. Then, breathing through her mouth, she turned back and aimed the flashlight into the solid darkness. A short flight of stairs descended down to the lower floor and turned right at the end. There was a saucepan lid on the fourth step down and a couple of rats at the bottom. Then another shotgun blast echoed down the corridor outside, urging her forward as surely as if it had been a shove in the back, warily and with the soup ladle raised before her. Camilla began to descend the stairs. Lee hadn't wanted to fire the gun. He'd been managing just fine using the stock to bludgeon his way through the zombies that had come shambling in. He'd almost got through them, but then the screamer had come charging. It had been outside, indistinguishable from the others clawing at the alarmed car, until the alarm had finally stopped. Then Mandy had become clearly audible, screaming in the corridor as she was eaten alive. That got all of their attention. The zombies lost interest in the car and turned to the hotel. Of those he'd been fighting, the ones already in the hotel, he was down to the last two. One of them was on the floor and had just got its fingers around his ankle. A kick and a stamp to the head had dispatched it for good. Then the last one had come at him a skinny teenage girl who for some reason clung to an iPhone like she still had some use for it. He'd hit her once already, knocking her down with a swipe of the gun barrels, but now she was up and coming back, reaching for him with her free hand. He'd just raised the stock of the gun, ready to crack her square in the forehead, when the screamer came running. Lee turned at the sound of its harsh cry as it came charging through the broken plate-glass frontage. It had once been a soldier, its uniform, ragged and blood-soaked, flapped around it, ripped open at the neck, revealing where he'd been torn and savaged by teeth. Its eyes were so focused on Lee that it failed to notice the overturned pod chairs and broken glass coffee table that lay in its path. It fell over them and tumbled to the floor. Lee's kill priority changed immediately. He was about to dash over and club the fast zombie while it was down when he felt a weight fall against his back. A hand, feminine, festering and clutching a smashed iPhone, came around his neck and struck him in the face. Her other hand grabbed him by the arm. He felt her teeth at his shoulder, biting down hard. She dropped the phone, and her fingers found a hold in his suddenly open and screaming mouth. 
Terror and panic almost overwhelmed him. He tore her hand from his face and heaved her around, swinging her in front of him and letting her go so she went reeling towards the soldier. They collided. It wasn't much, but it gave him just enough time to get the gun up to his shoulder. As the soldier flung the girl aside, Lee fired. The soldier's head disintegrated, showering and splattering all over the slower zombies that came shambling in behind it. Lee took a step back and tripped over one of the dead he'd already dispatched. He fell onto his side, his fall cushioned by another corpse. He clung to the gun, scrabbling in his pockets for cartridges. He found one, pulled it out, the horde slowly advancing on him, reaching for him. He broke open the gun, pulled out one of the spent cartridges, and with trembling fingers managed to get the fresh cartridge in place. He snapped the gun shut, raised it, and fired. The shot blasted blasted three zombies, including the iPhone girl, their fallen bodies causing an immediate complication to the advance of the others behind them. Lee scrambled back to his feet and started running for the kitchens. He knew Camilla may have armed herself with a knife and could be waiting to ambush him, but he had no time for creeping about. He burst through the swing doors to the kitchen and raised the gun. The darkness was still and silent. He reached under his shirt and touched the spot on his shoulder where the zombie girl had bitten him, wincing at the pain. It hurt like hell, but the skin was unbroken. Her teeth hadn't penetrated his clothes. "'Camilla!' he called. "'It's me, Lee! Listen, you ain't got nothing to be afraid of, girl! I ain't gonna hurt you!' He lowered the gun. "'You done me a favour back there! Done us both a favour. As he spoke, he plucked the spent shells from the gun and inserted his last live one. She's dead, yeah, Mandy? But that's fine with me. Me and her was finished anyway. Have been for years. (laughs) You know how it is. Friends with benefits or whatever they call it. He was moving around the kitchen, eyes darting left and right seeking any sign of life. Listen, you can't make it on your own, love. You need me. I can protect you. Having reached the far end and found nothing but the washroom, he stopped, listening to the silence that was broken only by the groaning of the oncoming dead in the corridor. "'Shit!' he cursed. "'Where are you, you fucking cunt?' Then he saw the door to the lower kitchen. He hurried over and pulled it open, wincing at the smell. Beyond it, the stairway going down was dark, but from where the steps turned right into a room at the bottom— He saw the ghostly luminescence of a flashlight moving around. He smiled and stepped through the door. Camilla stood at one end of the lower kitchen, facing a scene from hell. There were two zombies coming for her, but they were the least of her concerns. At one stage... The kitchen must have been used as a dumping ground for the dead. There were dozens of bodies down here. They overflowed from chest freezers lined against one wall. They were strewn and piled over the two lines of metal tables running the length of the room, and they littered the floor everywhere, fallen from the tables where they had been heaped, probably at an early stage of the crisis, when people still held out hope that the plague would be contained and order once again restored. Now, 
as Camilla's shaking hand swept the flashlight across the room. She saw the corpses were shimmering with hundreds of small black bodies that ran over and between them. The rats had taken this place as their own. It was their larder, their nest, their domain. One of the zombies was getting closer. He was walking slowly and clumsily where the chest freezers were lined against the wall. He was heavy with rats that had been feeding on him before Camilla's arrival had disturbed them all. Some dropped from him, others clung on to whatever it was they'd had their teeth into, determined not to lose their meal. The other zombie was in the centre aisle, clawing its way over the dead as rats feasted upon it. Camilla took a step back, her every instinct telling her to go back upstairs, face Lee, fight him or surrender to him. Anything was better than having to walk through the charnel horror that lay before her. She shone the light to the far end of the room. There, under a fleeing stick-man fire-exit sign, were two closed double doors. They were swing-doors with no handles, but that didn't mean that the resident of the hotel hadn't found some other way of chaining them shut on the other side. Did she really want to get all the way down there, disturbing this sea of vermin, only to discover the doors were impassable? Upstairs, she could now hear Lee calling her name and reassuring her that she'd done them both a favour. She wanted to believe him, and even if he was lying, she could still reason with him. She knew what he liked, knew his vanities, his perversions. But she'd get another chance to kill him later on. Probably. She was on the verge of going back upstairs when she heard him shout, "'Where are you, you fucking cunt?' That stopped her. She looked back into the kitchen and rapidly reassessed the situation. The zombie by the freezers was almost at the door where the stairs came down. If Lee followed her, then he'd have that to deal with. It could kill him, or he it. Either way, it bought her some time. On the opposite side of the room to the freezers were sinks and potwash facilities. Above them were windows, but they were barred on the outside. She crept as quietly as possible over to the sinks and shone her light down the gangway. There were corpses and plenty of rats, but no zombies. Some of the rats were big, their bodies the size of cats. Before the plague she'd heard of these big London rats, but always dismissed them as myths. Now they looked at her, their black eyes bold and interested, glittering in the beam of light. Then from the stairs came a cry of alarm and the sound of a body tumbling down. Then Lee came rolling into view. "'Fuck!' he cried as he landed at the foot of the stairs. The saucepan lid from the fourth step came rolling out behind him. He cried out in pain. "'Oh, shit! Me ankle! Oh, Jesus Christ, no!' He looked up to where Camilla's light shone on him from the opposite side of the room, shielding his eyes against it. "'Camilla!' he called out, reaching out to her. "'Please! I've twisted my ankle! Maybe worse! I don't know, but it hurts like fuck!' Camilla said nothing. She was watching the zombie that was now closing on Lee. "'Please! I'm sorry about it before! I only want us both to get out of here! We can help each other now that Mandy's gone! We can be friends!' "'Friends?' 
Camilla said quietly. Keeping her back to the sinks, she began to move down the gangway. She kept the flashlight on Lee, hoping it would blind him to the zombie that was now almost upon him. So will our new friendship continue to involve rape? All right, I know we got off to a bad start, but I've grown since then. I've learned from my mistakes. Oh, so have I, Lee, said Camilla, shifting the light onto the zombie. So have I. Lee saw it and gave a cry of desperate terror. He turned and scrabbled for the gun that had slid down the stairs behind him. Camilla turned away, not wanting to watch, and shone the light into the gangway where she began picking her path through the corpses. As the sound of the struggle filled the room, she wished she could avert her ears as easily as she could her eyes. Lee's cries... The zombie's guttural barks of excitement or whatever it felt on finding a living meal, before finally there was a crunch of flesh and breaking bone. Then Lee spoke, his voice low and cold with hatred. You knew that was there, didn't you? Camilla swung the flashlight back to see him pulling himself to his feet using the handrail of the stairs. Obviously his ankle wasn't quite as bad as he'd had her believe. He had the shotgun in the other hand, the stock dripping with a dark, viscous liquid. "'You wanted him to rip my fucking guts out, didn't you?' Lee raised the shotgun to aim at the flashlight. Camilla wanted to duck down, but found she was paralysed with fear. She couldn't move, couldn't turn off the flashlight, couldn't breathe.' She could only wait for the blast of the gun. Instead, there was a sound like a rubbery chawop from near the fire exit. Lee heard something whiz through the air just inches in front of his face, then strike the wall with a crack. What the fuck? he cried. Camilla swung the flashlight to where she'd heard the sound of the catapult, but there was no one there. You! roared Lee. He swung the gun to where Camilla shone the light. You come back for more, have you? Oh, come on then. Here I am, you cunt. Come and get me. Camilla dropped down out of sight. Beneath the tabletops were cupboards for storing pots and utensils. She was completely out of Lee's line of sight and fire. But she was face to face with some very large rats. She looked away from them, focusing her attention on moving down the gangway to the exit doors and praying that Lee would be more interested in finding her benefactor than getting his hands on her. "'Show yourself!' Lee shouted. Then, from the stairs behind Lee, Camilla heard again the sound of a body tumbling down the stairs. Then another one, then another. "'Oh, shit!' said Lee. A low groaning began, the sound rising with everything that fell down the stairs. Camilla didn't need to look to know what it was. The dead didn't do stairs well. The zombies had doubtless been drawn by the sound of Lee's shouting. Now the bodies were tumbling down the stairs continuously. Suddenly a hand closed on her ankle and she gasped in surprise. She looked down to see the dead thing the rats were feeding on wasn't quite as dead as she'd thought. It clutched at her, its desiccated fingers weakly trying to pull her to where its ruined mouth strained to bite. Then came the sound of the catapult from down near the fire exit and the thing's head snapped back and dropped flat onto its face. 
Camilla turned, not shining the light for fear of revealing her benefactor to Lee, but seeing him in the ambient glow regardless. He wore night vision goggles and was signalling at her to switch off the light. She did so. A few moments later, she felt his hand on her shoulder. Come with me, he whispered. Quick, while your friend's got other things to worry about. As if to confirm that, Lee's gun boomed. What about the rats? she asked. Don't worry, I'll guide you, just stick close. He took her hand and she followed him. She heard Lee cry out and start cursing in the centre aisle. If zombies had him, it'd be a lot worse than that. He must have fallen over a corpse. Now they were at the far end of the kitchen and her benefactor was pushing open the fire doors. Please! Lee cried. Camilla, don't let them get me! Camilla ignored him and was about to go on when Lee screamed with such terror that she had to stop and shine the flashlight back into the centre gangway. He was on his hands and knees and something had him by the foot. She shone the light further back to see Liz clutching at him with an enthusiasm she'd never been able to fake in life. And behind her, steered by the horde that acted as her eyes, was Mandy her pink velour tracksuit now black with the heavy soak of blood. Lee kicked Liz savagely in the face, forcing her to release him. He pulled his foot back, then instinctively reached up to the tabletop to try to pull himself to his feet, but instead of the table, he caught hold of the leg of a corpse. Before he realised what he'd done, the body was falling down, along with the rats that nested in it. Lee screamed and covered his face. Oh, dear God, said Camilla. She turned back to Terry. We have to help him. Terry shook his head. It's too late for that. He nodded in Lee's direction. Camilla looked back and saw that beneath the fallen corpse, Lee was now thrashing and screaming under a swarm of rats. Then, heavy pink legs moved into the spill of light and she saw that Mandy had usurped Liz at the front of the horde, drawn to her target by the sound of Lee's screams. She fell upon him, unconcerned by the rats as she tore into his flesh, sharing him in death as she was never willing to in life, with Liz, with the vermin, and with the rest of the horde that now joined her in the feast. End of episode 5 The music you're listening to is by Andrew Rothman Find out more at arothman.com And for more free horror audiobooks from me please visit mikebennettauthor.com <laughs>